If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Cosmic Road Trip Podcast. A podcast about all things spiritual, mystical, witchy, and woo-woo, designed for the modern babe. Each week, we will dive deep into the nitty-gritty of ancient energy systems and modern-day modalities. This podcast is for the dreamers, visionaries, changemakers, and risk-takers. Life's too short to be boring, so be prepared for fresh opinions, taboo topics, and unfiltered conversations. We created this podcast because we're obsessed with elevating and expanding our lives. We want to bring you along as we unearth helpful practices and topics that you can utilize to do the same. So if you're ready for some fun, jump in, turn up the volume, and let your co-hosts, Brittany Donalds and Erin Munoz, guide you through the universe. Hi, Erin. How are you? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling excited for a new week, a new month, and we just had our full moon, blue moon, Halloween, daylight savings. It'll probably be a week or two after that you guys hear this, but it was kind of a big energetic shift for me, I felt like. For sure. Me too. All of a sudden, I just felt like a lot less weighed down Yeah. after... After Halloween, so yes, yes. It's funny. Um, we did a little, got together and did like a little spell ritual out on Aaron's porch on Halloween day with the full moon and all of that. So that was really fun, and we even did little like a tarot reading for each of us, and it felt very on point. Oh, yeah, so that was sure. exciting. I just, I always am like surprised by things like tarot readings or crystals and all of that and then I know that I shouldn't be but every single time it hits the mark I'm like wow that's so crazy and then I'm like but I should know that by now oh yeah same with crystals anything it's just it's so cool but we should expect that because that's how it's supposed to work but Yeah. yeah every time it's just like so amazing yes yeah I agree so 
Well, one of the things that we did on our, our spell that we did was to release some kind of negativity and maybe things that we didn't want in our life, either limiting beliefs or um, if you've listened, I think in the episode before this or the one before that, I talk about having my kind of career purpose midlife crisis. So for me, I was trying to let go of confusion, lack of clarity, um, things like that. And so we thought it would be good to go over some self-sabotaging ideas, beliefs, or thoughts that are stopping you from hitting your goal and moving forward. Yeah. And maybe some things that you can do to change those patterns. Yes. Because everyone self-sabotages. You may just not know that you're doing it. um, And it could be something that you're not even aware of or that you even thought was self-sabotaging. Yeah. There are a lot of things that don't seem directly connected to self-sabotaging or like what you would typically think self-sabotaging would be or how it would come out. Right. Um, Because, yeah, there were some that surprised me when I was doing a little bit of research. I was like, wow, okay, I can, like, I can see how it could be, you know, could follow, but just, yeah, yeah. it's just hard to, hard to know if that's what you're doing to yourself when you're, like, actually living it, so. Yeah, exactly, and I mean, you'll know if you're self-sabotaging, if there is something that you want in your life, a goal, a dream, a vision, and you keep wanting it, And it's not happening. So Mm -hmm. there's probably some sort of self-sabotage. And we're going to go through, I think we probably each wrote down some different ways. Or, you know, we'll talk about some things that we've self-sabotaged. So um, let's go ahead and jump in. And just a quick little kind of, if you're unfamiliar maybe what self-sabotage means, it's basically when your un- or your conscious mind is at odds with your conscious self. So more simply, it's that you commit to actions that seem helpful in the moment, but which ultimately undermined our confidence, strength, and relationships. So they can be kind they can be your actions or behaviors that create problems in your life and interferes with your goals. So again, everyone probably has self-sabotaged don't think it's the end of the world. And we're going to go through some of the ways that it can come up for you. So do you want to start out? Sure. Um, So blaming others when things go wrong is a big one. I feel like that's kind of... It'd probably be called like the victim mentality. (laughs) Yeah. Like nothing's ever your fault. It's always something else. Yeah. Well, and you wouldn't exactly think like, oh, if I'm blaming other people, I'm self-sabotaging, but it's hurting the relationships around you Mm -hmm. and not taking responsibility, you know, obviously for whatever has gone wrong or whatever you, you know, didn't, didn't do that you were supposed to do or couldn't, um, make happen, you know, or whatever. Um, it's only pushing you further away from your goals. Yes. And one of the things that is, I think for victim mentality, and I have definitely done this before, especially when I've been in corporate jobs, is kind of like blaming my manager, blaming a process the company has, or blaming the candidate that didn't accept the job. And in actuality, it's a very, I mean, how sad of a life would it be to think that we aren't in control of our lives, like that we don't get to manifest it. And by saying that, you're giving your power away to everything else around you. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. If nothing that goes wrong is our fault, then is anything 
because of us right. in our lives? Right. Yeah, probably not. Right. So, um, one of the other ones that I came across was um, discomfort in is your comfort zone. So, what I mean by that is if you're someone that's perpetually either in pain, physical or emotional, if you're frustrated, if you're angry, that becomes your normal and realizing there are people out there. It may not be that you actually notice it, especially if you're a positive person, but there are people out there that their standard normal daily operation is angry, frustration, disappointment, and they live in that world and it becomes their comfort zone. Like there are people that don't know what to do when something good happens. And those are the people that will say stuff like, you know, oh, it's too good to be true. Or I wonder how long this will last Mm -hmm. because they think it's going to get taken away. And so living in that kind of discomfort is what they think is completely normal. And it's not. Even, um, like being a hypochondriac yeah, is like what I kind of thought you were going towards well, when yeah, you were saying you can, that. Yeah. But yeah, in the same way, I know somebody in my family <laughs> that is better now, mm-hmm. but oh my gosh, like when we were younger, seriously, like the definition of a hypochondriac. Mm-hmm. And I think it really does become just your normal and you like getting attention because of it or mm-hmm. you like missing school because of it or, you know, whatever it is that you can convince yourself. Well, not only is it like crappy to pretend like something's wrong with you, but you even convince yourself that you're sick and you start like, she was always sick. Yeah. It's so bizarre. And she would even tell you now like, oh yeah, I can convince myself to have a fever. Yeah. Like it's Yeah. But that's how your body works. Like, yeah. Well, and your mind's so powerful. Like if that's what you decide you're going to be, then that's what you are. Yes. And I, I mean, I've been, I know a couple of people that are very much, something is always wrong physically and not Mm -hmm. that it's life or death. They're not somebody that is like making up that they have cancer or anything like that, but it's, you know, they have a sinus infection, their Mm -hmm. leg hurts. There's just always something that can be wrong. Yes. And you kind of, Obviously, you hope that that's not the case and you want your friends or family or coworkers to feel better, but it does get to a point where it's draining. And I mean, both on the people around you and yourself, like, can you imagine being in a 24-7 uncomfortable state or feeling less than healthy? I, I can't imagine living life like I that. I can't imagine not doing something about it. Yeah, <laughs> if I would agree. If that's truly how yeah. my life was. You yeah, know? I agree. Um, okay, so then I had overworking or overcommitting. Yes. I feel like that's definitely something that I have been guilty <laughs> of. Um, I am... Well, and then, like, right... Another one that I felt like went along kind of hand-in-hand hand with that was procrastination. So oh, yeah, I wrote procrastination down, too. And it's crazy to think, like, those two were probably the ones that hit the nail on the head the most for me. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how can you overwork or overcommit and then procrastinate? It's like, well, it's way easier to procrastinate when you have five million things that you're supposed to do instead of, like, four. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, I think it definitely – well, and then just like any of these, they spill over to your relationships and they spill over to um, – you feeling like, wow, I did a good job on that, or 
or I'm proud that I like got that done and did the best I could. No, because then you end up doing like a shitty job on a lot of things if you're not like, careful. Like, can you do a hundred percent on four things, or can you do twenty five percent on ten things? Exactly. You know, like yes. that kind of mentality. Yes. Um, and I think for procrastination, even well. I think overcommitting falls back on, if you haven't listened to our episode on people-pleasing, which I think is two episodes back, you need to listen to that. Oh, for Um, sure. Another one of my problems. (laughs) (laughs) Because you overcommit when, generally, because you could be excited about it, you could want to do it, but you overcommit because either you don't think that if you say no now that you can come back to it, or because you don't want to let somebody else down. Mm -hmm. So that, and then procrastination... I kind of come to it from a, and I think this is probably one for me. I don't procrastinate everything. If there's something that I feel completely capable of doing, I knock it out easy peasy, no worries. When I don't either know how to do something or I haven't done it before and I'm scared or maybe I've done it before and failed at it, procrastination is almost a way of, you know, if you procrastinate, let's say you have a project due and you procrastinate till the last 24 or 48 hours before it's due and the project doesn't go well, maybe you finish it up, but it doesn't go well. It's almost giving yourself that out of, well, I didn't really try my hardest. I only gave myself a day or two to do it. So it's really not my best work. So it doesn't matter. And it is also a kind of, pre-coping mechanism that if we Mm -hmm. actually think if we gave our 100% effort, we start the project three weeks out from when it's due, we have time to fine tune it, make it the best thing that we could ever put out and then it still doesn't go well, then we're a failure. Yeah. Yeah. So procrastination can kind of work both ways. Like it's this kind of ability to be like, give yourself an excuse on the other side and taking away and kind of putting... And we'll go over some ways to stop it, all of these at the end, but giving yourself the ability to come into a neutral spot that if it goes well or it goes bad, it doesn't say anything about you is probably the biggest lesson that I either, I I say learn, but that I'm constantly learning that it doesn't mean that I'm worthy if my project or my post on Instagram or a product launch or a gypsy event or whatever it is, it doesn't mean that I'm any less worthy because something doesn't go well. And so kind of getting into that mindset is huge. So, um, and I do work well under pressure, but I don't want to be under pressure every time I have a project due, you know? Right. So see, I feel like I, I also work well under pressure, but it's almost like I have lived that way for so long that I almost don't work as like I don't feel as confident if I'm not under pressure. Yeah, or something. well, this is like your discomfort. It doesn't yes. have to be a physical pain, but your discomfort has become your comfort zone. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I think procrastination is a lot of people's, you know, probably a, a self sabotage that they kind of try to reframe and make it you know, uh, a positive, like I work under under pressure, pressure, which can happen. And there are going to be times that things come up and you have to, but like life maybe shouldn't be a stress ball of, of discomfort. And so I think both overcommitting and procrastination kind of tie hand in hand and are definitely things we work on. So, Mm -hmm. um, okay. So one of the ones that maybe comes up in either relationships, friendships, 
you know, work relationships is that you confuse familiarity with attraction. And so I don't just mean like, yes, obviously physical attraction is a big one, but just attraction in the sense of like being excited about something or being interested in something. So, you know, I have had the friends that always say stuff like, well, I'm just attracted to bad boys or, you know, I always attract fuck boys. And it's not that you only attract bad boys or that you only attract fuck boys. It's that you keep picking them. Like (laughs) all you can attract whatever you want. It's the fact that you keep choosing bad relationships or unavailable partners or friends that aren't there for you or any of those things. You can attract whatever you want, but it's your decision to choose what you want. And so we get to a place where because something is familiar, we feel Comfortable. Um, Yeah, we feel comfortable. And it it can play out in a bunch of different ways. A lot of times that can happen from a childhood wound, maybe your parents or, you you know, like your dad wasn't there for you consistently. And you have found and feel that men aren't there for you consistently. And that's just the way it is. And you end up continuing to pick men or women, you know, that aren't available for you, that aren't available for a relationship. And because it's familiar and you know what to do and you know the feelings of being let down and disappointed and, you know, trying to vie for their attention, you end up picking it again. And that's where familiarity becomes attraction of of any kind. That can play out in a work environment, like I said, friendships, boyfriends, girlfriends, partners, all of that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like um, when you have healing that has to happen in your like say you're really bad at picking partners or yeah you're drawn to the wrong guys when you pick guys that you know aren't going to be someone that you are committed to for long term or that aren't going to commit to you that also like gives you a loophole if you're yeah, again. if you're, you know, uh-huh. if you feel unworthy of being loved anyway, or you're not sure that you really can love somebody, like if the perfect guy came along, you'd be like, oh no, like I, I can't do that you yeah. know? <laughs> because like I'm incapable based off of all of my other relationships. So yeah, it definitely is like a good way to cope when you feel like you're damaged in some way or like incapable of finding real love to just pick somebody that it's predictable that it's going to go wrong. Yeah, you, you, know, know? you know what's going to happen. And as humans, we hate the unknown. We, mm-hmm. a, a lot of times, I I really, really, really love change, but I know that that's not everyone. There's a lot of people that don't love change. Like I get excited about things changing and that can be from jobs to moving to travel to new projects to whatever. Um, but it's, very scary for a lot of people to change. So especially in your love life, I feel like that's maybe the one thing that people want to be or that should be consistent anyway. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So, um, putting yourself down, I feel like that's a pretty, um, obvious self-sabotage. Some of these are more obvious than others, but when you put yourself down constantly, it becomes like it goes from being like brutally brutally honest with yourself and mm-hmm. being, you know, just like open and confident about things that maybe you could be better about to like changing your mindset 
and just like reaffirming all of those things, you know, the unworthiness or um, if you talk about how fat you are every day or how you can't wear the outfits that you want to wear because of your body type or, you know, whatever. Like, is is that going to motivate you to change something or is it just going to convince you that that's okay and that's just who you are? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think on top of that, the energy that you're putting behind that. So, you know, we've all had those kind of friends that maybe like you're with a group of girls and you guys are all getting ready for going out and you have a friend who, you know, says like, oh, I look so fat in this or like, oh, yeah. I'm the fat friend. You guys are all so pretty. Even if they say it from a place of, you know, joking, joking yeah. humor, the energy that you're putting behind that is that you do feel fat, that you do feel like you're the overweight friend, that you yeah, aren't worthy of, of being accepted and being considered one of the pretty friends. And you change who you are on an energetic level, even if you're kidding about it. So, mm-hmm. um, And how people see you, honestly. Because yeah. like I know girls that don't yes. have that like stereotypical perfect body, but seem so confident and so beautiful. And it's like, that's why people follow them on Instagram. That's why people think that they're like total badass, like inspirational people. It's not because they're fat and they're like, okay with it. It's because they value their themselves regardless of what they look like. Yeah, and I know we're talking a lot about, like, if you're overweight. That's just a super easy one to, like, point out. And it's such a sensitive, like, subject for women, I feel like, is your weight. Yeah. It's, well, and, I mean, that's how women are judged on a daily basis, so. Yeah, and, I mean, I think another one that comes up, and this one has come up for me, which I don't, I, I can't put my finger on it, but I always feel like I'm either not smart enough or not creative enough, which seems like silly as I say it, because I've tried to pinpoint it. I've worked and done shadow work on not being quote unquote smart enough for a long time. Like I I don't know where that came from. I've tried to figure it out, but I know it's there. I don't necessarily like maybe put it out there a lot. Like I'm not the person that's like, Oh, I didn't get that. I'm so dumb. Like <laughs> I, you know, whatever, but it's something that sometimes I'll read like I don't know, like a success story on an entrepreneur. And I'm like, if only if I was, you know, as smart as they were, or if I had more creativity to come up with a cool idea. And it's BS. Like I come up with cool ideas all the time. I can hold my own in conversations anywhere. I've never felt quote unquote dumb in a conversation. So I don't know where that is. And that's definitely something that I work on, but I have not been telling myself, like I've, I've dropped that kind of like terminology or lingo when I'm Mm -hmm. in my own head. Like, as soon as I say that, I'm like, that's bullshit. You don't have to like be smart enough to do something like coming up with something could be as simple as solving a problem. It doesn't have to be like a hair tie. Somebody came up with a hair tie that we use every day. And I mean, obviously they come up with new ones all the time or whatever. You don't have to even reinvent the wheel, but it's something that I have to work on. And it's a, a cycle in my head that I have started to break and it doesn't come up as often, but there's tons of them, you know, tons of ways that you can be talking down to yourself. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So, okay. The next one is starting drama or being involved in other people's drama. And that one may not seem like an obvious self-sabotage. And I was kind of surprised when I was 
Googling different ways of self-sabotage, but it's almost a way for you to either, if it's not your own drama, maybe you're, you have a lot of people in your life who are dramatic and have a lot of drama, and you almost create this false sense of need and purpose to help these people out when it's their issues to work through. And you definitely should be there for friends and, you know, but you know the type of drama that I'm talking about. The people that no matter what's happening, something crazy is always happening. They're breaking up with somebody. They had to move out randomly. They got fired from a job because so-and-so said something about them. They, like, always have that and you're always trying to help fix them and giving yourself that kind of, I'm here for you, I'll be here for you kind of situation and giving your time and energy to that. And then if it's your own drama, you probably have some sort of trauma bonding or experience that's happened in your life where drama feels like the norm, kind of in the same sense of, you know, discomfort is your comfort zone. Drama is your comfort zone. You become addicted to that, you know, kind of up and down, you almost don't know what to do if you didn't have drama going on. You know, the people that like had friends and lost friends and had the relationship and it didn't work out, even though it was perfect at the beginning or whatever it is, that kind of cycle continues on over and over and over again until you decide to break the pattern. Um, Well, I had, I mean, I feel like this is pretty much the same is picking fights with friends and family. Yeah, Yeah. So if you love like maybe you're not so much somebody who wants to be like the hero in the situation um if you pick a fight with somebody then you know those relationships that people are like yeah well it was just it was so bad but it was so good when we would make up or when you know what Mm -hmm. I mean um I feel like people love to fight or to um like give a reason for conflict because then the person has to, like, once you make up, the person has to tell you, like, oh, I do I do love you, though, or, oh, I no, I don't feel that way, or no, I'm not mad at you anymore, or like whatever. And in reality, maybe you're just so insecure that you need that reassurance. And instead of saying, like, knowing how to communicate and saying, like, hey, like, I need you to tell me that you love me more often, right. or, like, I feel super insecure, like... Maybe I need to do some personal, like, healing and growth and stuff like that instead of, you know, needing to cause those situations. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember being in a relationship that I had trust issues, and it was like any little thing would kind of trigger some sort of insecurity, or maybe I would just be like, oh, he's acting weird lately, like, and it would just slowly, like, I would never say anything because I wouldn't want to fight, or I didn't feel like I had a really valid reason to, like, bring it up. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would just let it build and build and build, and, like, as after a few days, you know, you're just like, I feel so insecure, like, I just want to, like, take his phone and go through it, or I just want to, (laughs) like... follow him on his way to work or, you know, whatever. (laughs) Like, it starts making you crazy, kind of. And instead of really feeling or, like, figuring out, why do I feel this way? Like, if I'm in a relationship that I don't feel, like, loved or, like, I can trust somebody, then I probably shouldn't be in it in reality. Or I have some healing to do, so I am not just, like, making things up and being psychotic. So, (laughs) So, but then, like, any little thing as that, 
like stress builds, um, he gets a text message on his phone or something, and you're like, "Oh, who's that? Like your girlfriend from you know whatever?" And, and like, no, and it's my mom. <laughs> yes, and it's literally nothing. You're just being crazy, but it's your insecurity like coming out, or maybe there was an issue that you just like never addressed before, and any little thing that you can find to like turn it into a fight and then bring up the real reason why you're yes. mad. Yes. I totally do that sometimes, but, <laughs> and not like as far as, you know, like texting Jealousy your stuff, girlfriend, yeah. you know, whatever. But, um, just being afraid of confrontation or not feeling like you can communicate certain things. Now I'm so much better about it, but I was always afraid to like, say how I felt mm-hmm. or to start a fight. And then I would find any little excuse to start a huge fight about <laughs> so something so else so I could bring that thing I was originally yeah. upset about. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I feel like that's definitely a self-sabotage oh, that, yeah. oh, that yeah. you can, but well, you, I mean, you can be doing people. it as a way to actually get your true feelings out. You can be doing it as a way to, because you are addicted to drama and you uh-huh. need that like hit of the adrenaline rush and yeah. the kind of hormones that come along with it. It, you know, if that's your normal, it can feel very kind of, I've like read articles that people can actually feel depressed when drama is missing from their life because they don't have oh, those wow hits and haven't regulated their hormones. Yeah. So I do think that that one's kind of crazy. I I don't do the picking fight. Like I'm pretty upfront if something's pissing me off or if I'm sad or if somebody hurt my feelings or whatever. But I could see how like, like if, you know, you feel like you can't get your feelings out or you don't want to because you're afraid of fighting, but then trying to find like a way to, mm-hmm. to make it work makes total sense. Yeah. Um, I also had, let's see, where was the other one that I felt like went with it? Oh, walking away when things go wrong. Oh, yes. I saw that one too. (laughs) And that's definitely one that I used to do way more, um, Uh for sure. But I feel like picking fights could totally be, like, that could go hand in hand too. Like, you feel like a relationship maybe is, like, going wrong, Mm -hmm. and you, like, want an excuse to walk away. Oh, yeah. Like, some simple excuse. When, even if the relationship isn't bad enough to just throw it out, you're like, oh, gosh, like, there's no way this can actually work out like I want it to, so I'm just gonna fuck it up and just get it over with. Yeah. No, and I mean, I addressed it, I think, in one of our earlier episodes, that as soon as I would start fighting, or there would be an argument in a relationship or any argument for that matter, I would just say, okay, I'm done. We shouldn't, you know, this isn't working. We should just break up or, you know, like wanting to, I don't, I've never quit a job in the heat of a moment, but having that feeling for sure of wanting to leave or like this job isn't working out. I want to find a new one or, you know, this friendship isn't working out, like trying to find a new best friend, those kind of feelings of like, jumping ship basically like instead of maybe just getting a bucket to like get the water out of the ship that's starting to sink it (laughs) versus like i'll just jump into the next one and hope it's a better ride for sure has definitely been something i've done oh me too yeah um the last one that i have is actually avoidance which is a little bit different than even jumping ship. So you can't it and some people call it limited emotional processing so kind of a a bit of like 
either pretending nothing's wrong and just shoving it down or, you know, not wanting to bring it up because you're worried that somebody could be mad at you or anything like that. But basically when you stop yourself from either learning how to or experiencing uncomfortable situations and then how to resolve them or move forward or communicate with it, you're actually stunting your emotional IQ, which is just basically your way of interacting with other individuals on an emotional level. And that doesn't have to even just be like in romantic relationships, like in your job or friendships or, you know, anything social. Yeah. Anything like that. Um, they always like do these studies and I don't have any written down, but if you like, there's some crazy stat, like if you don't handle or have a high emotional IQ, like your career trajectory and success is like limited exponentially. Like the Mm. biggest leaders in the world, like know how to relate to people because they have been in those either situations or they know how to process feelings or have felt those feelings themselves so they can empathize and sympathize with other individuals. So that makes total sense. Yeah. So if you're not processing and handling your own emotions, how can you expect to be a good friend, partner, employee, boss, leader, any of those, because you need to be able to empathize with other people or explain like, Hey, I have been in that. I have felt stuck. I have felt hurt by something. I have felt like I've been passed up for a job, those type of, Mm -hmm. you know, things that you can have. So I thought that one was kind of a that's really probably, I, I feel like that one's probably pretty common for a lot of people to avoid situations because they either don't want confrontation or they're just afraid to feel those feelings. Yeah. So I've never really thought about it that way though. And imagine if you are one of those people that like pushes relationships kind of like on the back burner mm-hmm. and just focuses on your career or, you know, your success in other aspects of your life. Imagine how much more successful you could be mm-hmm. if you were well-rounded, you know, yeah. if you're dealing with your emotions and if you have good relationships that you, you know, are like growing as well as your um like at work life. Yeah. Yeah, and it I mean, could only make you that much more like powerful and Yeah, and that's kind of like a big thing that has been coming out over the last probably five years. You know, Brene Brown has like shot up because vulnerability and like feeling your feelings and letting others see that you feel your feelings. Or I listened to this podcast. I think she was maybe the president or CEO of Facebook um, and her husband died. And it was like this obviously super hard experience for her because I think he died unexpectedly or from a sickness. I don't, I don't remember, but, um, and she like was able to have so much success at the company because she was very upfront about it. And she processed those emotions and allowed others to see her processing those emotions. Um, and she even wrote a book about it and I forgot what it's called, but, um, Hmm. it was a really good one. So anyways, I, I think her name's Cheryl. I don't know. Look it up. It's a, uh, she's on podcasts all the time too, so you don't have to necessarily read the book, but it's becoming this big kind of need that you don't have to just be a stone wall to like be right. successful. Emotions or, are trending. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you work with people, like no matter what you do on some level, you either work directly with them, you provide a product that they use, you have 
coworkers, employees, you have a boss or you are the boss or leader, all of those type of things. And, you know, we have talked ad nauseum of you have to feel your feelings. You have to work through it. You have to have the uncomfortable conversation. Mm -hmm. So um, it it will be do leaps and bounds for you. I I can't kind of speak to that enough. So, um, yeah, that's all the ones I had. Did you have any more? Um, let's see. I had picking fights, procrastination, um, frequent burnout, but no change in like what's causing it. Oh my gosh. This is like, I, I don't feel like I have that. Cause like I said, I love change. So I'll just constantly change something, which could, maybe that's a self-sabotage. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. um, there, I used to always say this to like friends in college that were like going through like crazy relationships or like would get back into it. And I say it a lot to like my coaching clients, but, um, nothing changes if nothing changes. So exactly that one's a huge one. And the other one that's kind of like not as pretty, but if you always do what you've always done, you will always get what you've always gotten. So if you continue in the same patterns of burnout in this case, or a bad relationship or bad jobs or toxic friendships, and you continue to keep doing it, nothing will change. Nothing will change unless you change. But again, when you stay in your comfort zone, it's easier because you know what to expect when burnout happens, or you know what to expect when you have a bad you know, boyfriend or girlfriend or, you know, any of those type of things. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you could even look at it at, in the way of like being burnout, but nothing really is like causing you to be like, you don't have a real reason mm-hmm. for burnout. Yeah. Like, obviously there are other things that you need to address mm-hmm. if you are just like, oh, I'm constantly exhausted by my life and blah, blah, blah. But then you like to anyone else, you're like, okay, well, why though? Like, what do you have going mm-hmm. on that's making you so, you know? Yeah. It, but it's just like when you have, I feel like depression is definitely like something that's super heavy and serious for individuals. But even just being slightly depressed, you can feel so like burnout and so overwhelmed by your life when in reality there isn't. You know, like you don't have 500 things going on. You just have your normal everyday life. And it's like, why is it feeling so overwhelming to you? Yeah. Like, what are you suppressing that is causing just having a job and having a family and doing, you know, the normal stuff? Yeah. Like, where's that coming from? There's clearly something that's not aligned with you if that's your Mm -hmm. job, your relationship, your friendship, yeah. your Those spirituality, your mental health. people get joy out of yeah. are causing you to stress out that much. Yes, yeah. I would agree. So, okay. So we've gone over, I mean, quite a few different examples. Um, yeah, I'm sure probably one or two, if not more resonated with you, <laughs> because like we said, we, we touched on several that were, um, factors for us. So what can you do to help you stop it and to change this? So what's your first tip? Um, Well, I would say first you have to identify your behaviors and when or where they start showing up. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of Yeah, that was my mindset. Mine was be mindful. So Mm -hmm. ask your question, like ask yourself, you know, for example, if you have a, maybe not even a weight loss goal, but just like a fitness goal to be more in shape or, you know, if it is weight loss, ask yourself why you're eating the cupcake and not going to the gym. Like, is that aligned with your goal? And is that when you feel terrible about yourself? Yeah. Because 
that's a simple solution, you know? Or, you know, uh, when you're starting to date someone and you immediately, you'll feel that like, that kind of little voice in the back of your head. The the red flags come up. Yes. Like, why am I going to continue in this relationship? Is it because I'm lonely? Is this because I'm comfortable and I know what to expect and I'm used to like texting the person that doesn't text me back 12 Mm -hmm. times? Or, you know, these aren't hard questions, you know, or complicated answers. They're very simple. It's just being aware of it. That's what being mindful means. It doesn't mean that you have to meditate for two hours a day. It's realizing like, okay, do I not want to go to the gym because my body's tired? I did six workouts last week and I need to give myself a rest day. That's probably a totally healthy, normal reaction. But am I not going to the gym because I haven't seen results yet and it's cold outside and it's more comfortable to stay at home? Yeah. It's just easier to stay in bed. Yeah. That, I think we both, we all know what answer, why, why they would be doing (laughs) that. When it's okay to just say no to the the gym. There's totally a difference, you know, there, or like we said, in the relationships, or are you taking a job promotion that you don't want just because it may pay you a little bit more, but you know that you're going to hate it, but you're sacrificing your, your, you know, mental health and joy for a hundred dollars more a week. So they, they can be very simple answers. It's just getting into the habit of asking yourself those questions. Mm -hmm. So what did you have? Oh, well, I guess we had the same one for the first one. So, um, I had, well, I feel like there's also, a phase that you have to kind of go through, which is like figuring out what causes you to do these things and then how to stop it. Mm -hmm. I feel so maybe it could be, you know, two separate steps or just in one thought you can say, okay, what's something that I do that is clearly self-sabotaging? What causes it? Well, like obviously there are patterns that we have and it's why these things are reoccurring in our lives. So where could that have come from? Um, childhood behaviors or things that we learned in our childhood, like from watching our parents and how they had a relationship or, you know, whoever the influential people were in your life, most likely some of these things are going to be learned from, from them. I mean, that's where all of our shit comes from pretty much. Yeah. Like we said, your subconscious, it's, it's the beginning of your life stockpiled in, In a little, you know, piece of your brain. Hard drive in your brain. And everything that you learn or experience from the time that you're born until you're about seven years old is what your foundational beliefs are based off of. So whether that's like love, self-worth, how smart you feel like you are or how capable you feel like you are of being independent or, you know, things like that, the foundation of those beliefs that you carry around with you, whether you're like 30 or 65, started when you were seven or younger. Yeah. And the people that were around you for those years are going to be the ones who influence those patterns. Yeah. And you can go back and listen to our shadow work episode. We give a bunch of different options for Mm -hmm. trying to figure out where a belief or a pattern could be coming from. So I definitely think that that would be beneficial if there is something that you can't put, you know, kind of pinpoint what it is. So that would be a good one to listen to. Yeah. And I was listening to a podcast and they were saying that when you have a limiting belief or, you know, I feel like, um, self-sabotage like there is obviously a limiting belief that probably 
stem, that that stems from. Um, all you have to do is say like, why do I do this? Or why do I, and I feel like for me, it has helped to say it out loud or to ask myself a question like that out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, like why, why am I so afraid of conflict? You know, mm-hmm. and usually there will be some sort of like situation that made you feel like you weren't good enough or you weren't going to be taken seriously. Yeah. Maybe you had a conflict and it caused a friendship to fall apart. And so you're afraid to have that happen again or no matter what it is there, the answers are in there because that's the beautiful thing about your subconscious. Like it's kind of awful and beautiful at the same time (laughs) that we carry all of that stuff around. But when you learn that you can access that information and use it to heal yourself, again, go listen to the shadow work, um, episode, (laughs) then it, it, the things will come up. The answers will come up as you know what questions to ask yourself. And then you can start, you know, changing that behavior or changing your patterns and start taking responsibilities for the issues in your life or identify strengths that you have and like reaffirm and heal those issues. Because a lot of the time it's just something that you're hanging on to and it's not valid. Like Brittany saying, oh, like feeling not smart enough in a conversation. Obviously, like you guys listen to her every <laughs> week and you know that she knows what the hell she's talking about. So it's it's just, it's so easy once you have the question to answer it. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think the other part kind of that comes into that is you also need to understand if there is a belief there that's stopping you or something's just not aligned with you, which mm-hmm. we take on by conditioning from society. I, I can't tell you how many articles I read that say stuff like, you know, you have to have this super set in stone 12-step morning routine and that <laughs> if you don't wake up before the sun, you're wasting your day type individual. And while I personally love starting my day, like getting in a workout before work, you know, waking up, my alarm goes off at 545 and I'm out of bed by 610. That's not for everyone. Like I would never tell somebody like there are some people that are night owls. I am not a night owl. Like that doesn't feel comfortable for me. It, it, my brain is done by that point in the day. I'm, I'm over it. I'm ready to decompress and read or watch a movie or, you know, play on my phone for 30 minutes and go to bed. Like I, but that's okay. So if there is something like maybe you are one of those people that's a night owl and unless it's like hampering your life in a bad way, like maybe you are supposed to be at work at 6am and you keep missing it. Like that's an issue. Either get a new job or really look at why you're self-sabotaging. But if it's something that you're just taking on because you've heard someone say that you should do it, like you should have your morning routine, but you are getting stuff done in your day, but it's just not working for you to get up at 530 don't do it. Like find out if it's actually something that you truly want and that is maybe practical for you. Practical and really kind of understand if you're just wanting something because somebody else is saying that you should do it. But yeah, yeah, but if there is a goal that you want, like you want to start your own business or you want to find a new relationship and you keep dating assholes, like, okay, that's probably not serving you and you need to reevaluate how you're looking for a relationship. Like that's something that you know you want and you've wanted for a long time and it keeps backfiring. There's probably something in there that 
you need to work on. But if, like I said, you think that you want to start a business because you don't think you can make enough America in corporate America or enough money in corporate America, you can make a shit ton of money in corporate America if that's what you truly want to do and you don't want the, you know, the opportunity to start your own business. But because, you know, like we preach a lot of like, we have a very entrepreneurial mindset and like that's what sets us on fire. But if that doesn't set you on fire, that's fine too. Look at your limiting belief about why you think you can't make money. You don't have to change something just because it's not working out, but really make sure that it's something for you. Yeah. Your life doesn't have to look like anyone else's life and can be just as like successful in every way as anyone else's at the same time. For sure. I agree. So, um, one of mine was, um, well, a quick one is just understand perfection's a word in the dictionary. It's not a lifestyle to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can kind of come into play for a multitude of the ones that we talked about. Everything doesn't have to be perfect. If you look up the definition of perfection, it doesn't say a lifestyle standard. <laughs> so just remember that when you're trying to do something or you're afraid to start something or you're afraid to change or you've been sabotaging yourself from finding what you're looking for because you don't think it's perfect, it's not a lifestyle, it's not a goal, it's a descriptive term that sometimes gets used incorrectly. So that was a huge one for me because I used to be a perfectionist to a T, and it would cause me stress. I would run, I ran um, track in like eighth grade and you had to have three events that you did. Um, you, and so I was amazing at the long jump and triple jump. I love those. If you don't know, I'm almost 5'10". So it was a very easy (laughs) transition into that for me, but I hated running and actually I run to this day, but I still basically hate it, but I feel good afterwards. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, but I had to run a third event and I would end up, I had to do a four or a, yeah, four hundred meter dash, and I would come oh in. Oh my gosh, that was the third event that I did too. Oh really? And it was also my least favorite. Oh my gosh, but I was the best at it. Yeah, well, I was the worst at it. Okay, oh, that's funny. I would come in like seventh or eighth place, and I would like make myself sick, oh. and it was something that I was having to do because I was participating in it and it had nothing to do with the fact that I wasn't trying that I wasn't like it's a hard race yeah but it just wasn't something that I like either my strengths light in or that I wanted to be doing and so it it was really hard and I would because I wasn't perfect at it because I would win most of the events that I would do for my my jumping events I it it ate me up so perfection is not a goal and just take that word out Take it out. Nobody's perfect. Nobody has a perfect life. I don't care what you see on Instagram. I don't care what your friends tell you. There's always growth and the journey is the goal, not the destination. Yeah. Or even like if you, I feel like it's really hard to get away from the word perfect. Oh yeah. Um, I kind of had to, I am a perfectionist in a lot of ways. I feel like we both are, but we're um, different in like the way that we go around it because it, A perfect example. So when I would run the 400, I am so competitive that I, well, and I'm like, I'm just naturally a sprinter. Like that's what I loved. That's what I did. Running 400 meters or anything longer than that is 
the opposite of what I want to do with my life. Though. <laughs> like I wanted to run as fast as possible in the shortest distance and get it over with. Yeah. And the 400 was just like, that's a long race to run when you, you have no running. desire to yes. run any distance whatsoever. This isn't a hundred meter dash, like, yeah. uh, which I still wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have won that either. I'm not saying that I would have, but at least it would have been over a hell of a lot quicker. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm built a little bit more like a sprinter than Brittany is. Yeah. <laughs> she definitely has the legs. So, um, when I, I got put in that race the first time and my coach was like, uh, okay, like, you don't have to sprint the entire time. And I was like, well, then I know that I'm going to win. So I would literally sprint, like, the entire 400 meters. And then after the race, thank God it was always, like, at the end of the day or, like, the end of my events, because I was dead after that. Oh, yeah. Like, my legs wouldn't work. And he knew, my coach knew, that if he put me in that race, whether I hated it with every ounce of my being or not, I wasn't going to lose. Yeah. Like, I was going to win. And, <laughs> and your body's taking the, like, consequence yeah. of your perfectionism and, like, and it competition. Was, it was fine because then I could be like, well, at least I won. So, um, and you recover really quickly when you're young. So it's, it's okay. But I was just way too competitive to... To, to not win. I would kill myself to be, you know, the first one. And then I ended up doing, like, the 400 relay. And we had, like, the best team. But um, where was I going with that? Oh, being a perfectionist. If you are going to keep that word in your head, write down what perfect looks like to you. Don't worry about anyone else's definition. Because, like, my perfect life or ideal life or whatever is not going to be the same as Brittany's perfect life or mm-hmm. ideal life. So if you can not like get away from that and you just have like these specific things that you are striving for, that's different than searching for like society's definition of perfectionism or your, yeah. your mom's or your dad's or your best friend's or your partner's or whatever. Like figure out what perfect looks like for you and then you're not going to have such hard of a time. Like Yeah, and I think even you said ideal a couple of times. I like that word a lot. I uh-huh. mean, it's a kind of ideal just means like best case scenario almost. Right. And that feels a lot more achievable to me yeah. in, in a situation. I just love, I don't know, like in a certain, okay, like making breakfast, my perfect morning, like perfect breakfast is a salmon bagel and like a green smoothie and a cup of black coffee. And like, there are people that are probably like, oh, that sounds horrible, you know, <laughs> like, but sometimes my perfect breakfast is like biscuits and gravy yeah. and like an egg or, you know, whatever. So And I just, in my head, like, when I sit down at the table or whatever, and I have my coffee and my breakfast, and I'm like, this is my perfect life right now. Yeah. Like, it's okay to feel that way about what you're passionate about. I guess that's what... Yes, but don't let it stop you from doing something. Yes, exactly. Yeah. It, it, you, if you, you know, you either win or you learn. Um, I, one of my friends sent that like kind of an inspirational post and was saying that, you know, you don't win or lose, you win or learn. And I loved that. So stop looking at life as like an opportunity to fail and that it, you know, something could cause you no matter how perfect you try to be to still lose. If you don't get the outcome you're looking for, you definitely learn something from it, either to give yourself Mm -hmm. more time or 
to look into something else, do it a different way, look for a mentor, like whatever it is. So just in the essence of what actually like perfection is, it's not something that you have to achieve in your life. It it can be rewritten for however you want. Like Aaron said, like what your perfection looks like. Um, yeah, I just choose to take the whole word out because I'm more like black and white and having the word perfect. I know in my head what the definition is and it's just easier to just, that's not even a situation. I am even going to try to rewrite because in my head I know what it is. So I go for ideal or just take it out and you know, messy action and messy kind of movement is better than perfection in any day of the week to and me. And not progressing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Um, a quick one that isn't too crazy. Find an accountability partner if there's something you want to work through. Mm-hmm. If there's a, a goal you're working on, if there's something that you, you know, you want to start a business and you want to bounce ideas off somebody or, you know, any of those kind of things. There's mentors, coaches, friends, family, like, you know, even if you are too scared to talk to your friends and family, find a coach, find a mentor, read books, listen to podcasts. Um, but find somebody that you can actually have an interaction with to hold you accountable because it's way easier for someone to see looking from the outside in where you could be sabotaging yourself than it is sometimes to see what we're doing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Especially if you're like, like find somebody that's like-minded. Yeah, for sure. Then it helps you to kind of work those things out, you know, just by watching them and see, like having them be there. I agree. Um, I had developed self-care or soothing routines like exercise or meditation. Something like that is always going to be therapeutic when, I mean, when I'm the most stressed out. Yeah. Working out was, was the thing that I like could do. And then instantly just like feel somewhat sane again Mm -hmm. to think clear and to help you make decisions that will stop you from self-sabotaging for sure well and like when you're doing something that you know is good for you and that like brings you a little bit of happiness you're not gonna be so down on yourself you you feel more accomplished when you get out Mm -hmm. of bed and go to the gym even though like it's cold and you want to stay in bed you're gonna be like you know what I did that, like, and I kicked ass today. I can do hard things. Like, I can wake up or whatever it is. I mean, if you go to the gym after work, no shame in that game. I just do not have that built into my body. So I used to work out after my kids went to bed. Yeah. And sometimes it would be like, my friends would be like, why are you working out at 1130 at night? And I'm like, because this is just what I do. Like, that's when I would vacuum my house. And that's when I would, you know, like, just do what you need to do and start somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay. My last one, I have two more, but get organized. And that doesn't mean that you have to go through and do like the home edit and color coordinate your entire house (laughs) to have something in place or whatever that is. By get organized, that could mean setting up some sort of plan, a to-do list, a system or process. And even if that comes down to giving yourself three things to do that you want to accomplish that day, three actual manageable things to do. Like, you know, maybe instead of saying like set up or create my entire website, it's buy a domain main and, you know, figure out a title for my blog, like those type of things. It doesn't have to be that you're rewriting the world, but get organized 
in your goals, whatever that is, relationships, friendships, work, life, mental health, you know, physical health, all of it. Find something and just do three things a day. Start there. But you do need to have somewhere to take that next step. So I'm not saying that you have to figure out your 400 meter run, but you have to at least like figure out how to take that first step. And then you take the next step the next day. And before you know it, you're a hundred feet ahead of where you were before. And those build momentum and motivation and momentum compound every day. The more that you do towards your goal, the more motivated and the more movement you will have. So Don't try to do everything in one day like you could end up burnt out or overwhelmed or overcommitted. Just start. Just start with it, whatever that that may be. So, um, And then the last one that I have is just figure out your why. So why do you want to do it? Do you want to get in shape because you want you love fashion and you want a certain kind of look that you're going for or it feel it feels good when you lose weight and your body doesn't hurt or ache or maybe you want a new new job because you want purpose and to make an impact on people and to also have an amazing income or you know friendships because you want to have your own like boss babe squad or any of those kind of things whatever that is Figure out what your why. I don't care what it is. It can be superficial. I hate when people are like, don't make your goals superficial. It is okay to (laughs) want to look good because you want to feel hot. Like, I I don't care. Like, that's a totally okay goal to have. Or because you want to have friends because it makes you feel good. And, you know, I... Yes, you should not find worthiness outside of yourself, but you can also have experiences outside of yourself that do make you feel good. And yeah, not everything has to be like super deep and like meaningful. Yes, that drives me crazy because people will say like, well, I want to lose weight, but I don't want to, you know, feel like I'm I'm being self-absorbed because I want to like be hot. Like, who gives a shit? If you want to be hot, be hot. Well, if you think that that's, if you think that yourself as a, smaller person is more attractive than okay like some people don't want to get like some people want to put weight on to feel more attractive so it it doesn't matter definitely don't let anyone's standards or something that yeah you feel like people are gonna hate on people are gonna hate you like if they're haters for no matter what you do they'll hate you if you fail they'll hate you if you succeed or if you're skinny or you're fat or you're successful or you're a bum like the people that are out there that are constantly like criticizing other people they obviously have some things that they're like suppressing and need to heal from yeah and you should not let that dictate your choices yeah no i had a i did like a q a on my instagram the other day and this girl messaged about wanting to start a like a fashion i'm guessing Instagram is probably what she was referring to. And Mm -hmm. she was like, I feel like it's kind of self-centered or shallow, I think is what she said, shallow. And I was like, who's to say that like, I'm not a super fashionable person. Like, I mean, I wear probably standard cute clothing in a sense, but I can't like pull an outfit together out of the blue. Like, I look to Instagrammers or bloggers and take style inspiration. Maybe I don't wear like the exact same outfit, but... It makes me feel good when I feel like I'm in a cute outfit or I've done my hair in a fun way because I follow a, you know, hairstylist or whatever, a hair account or whatever it is. Who's to say that that's not making an impact on somebody? I'm so tired of people saying that somebody having like a fashion account or a blog or whatever or creating like 
crystal pink vibrators for women that are dumb or whatever it is. Like, it's such BS that, like, if you, you have think to. it's fun yes. and it excites you, then go for it. Like, yes. there's a reason that you're aligned with that and yes. that you're passionate about it. So whatever your why is, like, put it out there so that when you think you are self-sabotaging, you remember your why, your purpose, and your power behind why you're trying to to achieve what you're wanting to do. So that can be simple things like, um, making a vision board, the old school fashioned way on poster board. You can go on Canva and make a vision board. I mean, I have like a vision board on my computer that has like my goals on it. It's my, my wallpaper. And I, you know, put that bad boy out everywhere. I don't care if anyone sees it. So you can put it anywhere, daily reminders, but just figure out your why so that when you maybe tend to start to self-sabotage, you have that reminder. And maybe you just don't have like a good support system either. So yeah, the accountability. Putting yeah, you like your true self and your passions out there by starting that fashion account or whatever it is. Like the people that are like you and that are into the same things that you are and that are sub- about you know like supporting and encouraging girls or guys or whatever to do those things. They're going to draw, you know, you guys, like, you're going to draw those people into you. Oh, and, for sure. I mean, I know that, like, I've made friends through posting hair stuff and makeup stuff and, like, oils and all of the stuff that I'm into that, yeah, some people that follow me probably roll their eyes, but I've made friends and I, like, have people now that I cheer can... you on. Yeah, that mm-hmm. cheer me on and that make me feel like this isn't stupid. Like, there's a reason that I like to do this. Yeah. And, like, obviously someone's appreciating it, so... Yeah, I said this even on a, um, like, an Instagram story maybe a week or two ago, but there's, everyone's always afraid to like put their crazy stuff out there because like, what if nobody likes it or whatever? And maybe the people that are currently following your page may not appreciate it, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong. And so on my Instagram story, I was talking about like, I don't like mushrooms. Like if it's like diced up in something, I'll eat it. (laughs) But like if there's mushrooms on a pizza, I'm going to ask for it without a mushroom or, you know, whatever that is. But that doesn't inherently you know, devalue mushrooms for everyone else that loves mushrooms. Like there are people that are going to love I love mushrooms. Yeah, there we go. Like, (laughs) and that doesn't mean like one thing or another about either one of us. It's just a preference and an interest that we, that we're different on. And if you're ever concerned, and I got a ton of messages about this, um, if you're ever worried about putting yourself out there and that nobody's going to relate to it, there's an account um, on Facebook called Snakes and Hats, and it's like over 100,000 people, I think, and it's just a Facebook group. It's free, and people post pictures of either actual physical little hats on snakes or they draw them on with some sort of program. <laughs> what? Yes. I'm not kidding. I, I think it's called just... Snakes with I hats. thought it was going to be something totally different. No, yeah, and that's what it is. That's literally what it is. And there are a hundred thousand people that listen to that, that want to or see to, that. That, that see that. Yeah, you. If you want to start something, go for it. Like absolutely, <laughs> go for Who it. Who are you to say that yeah. nobody likes what you like? Yes, I re- I listened to an entrepreneurial podcast about this woman that designs dollhouse furniture for mice. And oh, she, oh, I've seen her. Yes, and, and she's it's so wealthy. Cute. It's adorable. I have <laughs> mice no creep me out, yeah. like hardcore. But, but there are the people furniture that like is so it. cute. Yes. So stop sabotaging yourself by giving yourself reasons to not do something. Yes. Um, 
find your why, find your purpose. And the things that you'll be able to do will be insane. Mm -hmm. So even if it's just, even if your why, yeah, it just starts out as being like, Hey, I could make money doing this. Or I like, I just enjoy it. And I freaking want to like, that can be your why. And then you slowly will like learn more about yourself because I've definitely done that before too. Like, Mm -hmm. I just want to do this. And then it, as as you grow and as you like get further into it, then you're like, Oh, like this is one of the things that like, this is one of the things that drew me to this. And I didn't even realize that it, it would come out of it maybe. So I agree. The point is stop blaming others. Stop being down on yourself. Stop letting all of those little things that you are able to use against yourself. Mm -hmm. Time to heal. Time to grow. Get out of that comfort zone or that discomfort zone if that's your thing. Exactly. It it's 2020. It's time for you to hit your goals with the shit show that this year has been. The world needs people doing big things, feeling good about themselves, taking care of themselves, starting the businesses, following their passions, being in loving relationships go for it. Like we need more happy people in the world and hitting your goals and going after what you want will definitely, definitely make you happier. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we, um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. We really like these mindset, uh, episodes. You guys really loved the, um, people pleasing. So we'll probably do some more of those. And then, you know, hopefully in the future, we're going to start bringing on some guests. So if you have anyone you think we should reach out to, or if you want to be on the podcast, definitely reach out to us because we're going to start booking soon. So, all right. All right, guys, have a good week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on the Cosmic Road Trip Podcast. If you like this episode, we would love for you to leave us a five-star review and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. After all, like energy attracts like energy, so keep the good vibes coming. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.